I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, you can now buy equity in Tesla, Apple, and Google with your crypto. Hackers again, they take $15 million from Yearn. And Coda Protocol relaunches as Mina. All coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Yo, what's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. And you know what I just found out today? I found out that 62% of all homes in the United States has Amazon Prime. <laughs> That's crazy. Imagine making a company that 62% has. 62%. That is insane. No wonder why Jeff Bezos is the richest by far person in the world. And he's not even stopping. I was just actually watching a YouTube video on this as well that you know because just because he's one of the richest people that we can count in the world but doesn't mean he's the richest person in the world there's like princes and kings and and people in the Middle East somewhere that have so much wealth that it's just uncountable it's not public but because Jeff Bezos's wealth is public we can count it so there could be people richer than Jeff Bezos we just don't know however it's insane how much money this guy has and speaking of money, let's take a look at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $10,726, down 1.7% from yesterday. Ethereum, 355.30, down 2.8% from yesterday. Litecoin at 45.35, down 2.9% from yesterday. Chainlink 971, down 9.4% from yesterday. NXRP 24.1 cents, down 2.5% from yesterday. It's a sad day. It's a really sad day. Total market cap is 344.2 billion dollars. BTC dominance 57.7%. In our first story today, we're going to talk to Claire Cart, the head of marketing at Zero One Labs and the team behind Mina, formerly known as Coda Protocol. Hey, Matthew. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Look, because you're on today because of this big news, you guys are going for a rebrand. Coda Protocol relaunches as Mina. Can you tell me about that? Yes, that's right. So Coda Protocol has relaunched as Mina. And I'm glad you're using the word relaunched uh, versus rebrand. I think, you know, for us, this is more than just a new name or uh, a new look. Um, this was an opportunity for us to look at our values, our mission, our vision, really talk to our community, listen to them, figure out, you know, what makes Mina so unique? Why do people love being a part of our community? And then use that as a foundation to establish a new set of values and use that as a way to build the name, build the visual identity. So it's really a whole relaunch. It's a way to clarify our, our values and who we are moving forward, which, as you know, is so important for open source communities. And this is something we don't see a lot of other projects doing. So we're really proud we took the time to do the work. Great. Thank you very much for saying that. And now I want to know, I think we needed a one-on-one on what Coda Protocol is and, or was and what MENA is. 
Yeah, sure. So the good news is the technology hasn't changed. Um, our community hasn't changed. It's really just an opportunity for us to clarify what we stand for. Um, so Mina is the world's lightest blockchain powered by participants. Um, and we do that in a unique way. So Mina deploys a recursive ZK snark um, to ensure that the blockchain remains the same size, 22 kilobytes. And this really enables anyone to sync the chain in seconds which we believe will usher in a new era of blockchain accessibility, which is so important. So our whole mission and vision is really to, you know, democratize access um, as well as to kind of redistribute power away from centralized entities. So you said syncing the chain in seconds is 22 kilobytes. Now, is that means the whole blockchain or is it like a compressed or a, a fraction of, of the blockchain? How does that work? Yeah, sure. So obviously, you know, I, I'm our head of marketing and community. I'm not a technical team member. Um, and so I can give you a really abbreviated version, but there's that's so okay. That's all I'm going to understand anyway. So okay. go for Sounds it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say for anyone who's listening, who's technical, you know, head to our website, there's a ton of content as well as documentation there. We have really, really detailed technical documentation. Um, but to answer your question, so the magic of ZK Snarks um, is basically, you know, they're able to kind of create a proof of the entire chain. And so if you're an individual and you want to sync and verify the chain, you're able to do so with this proof that stays about 22 kilobytes. So unlike, you know, first generation blockchains, kind of legacy blockchains like Bitcoin or Ethereum, which are very heavy um, in terms of, you know, the amount of data and the size of the chain, um, we're different. And that's that's what makes it so accessible. And we hope, you know, a democratizing force. Excellent. Excellent. It sounds like you're just hashing all the hashes and to be one hash or something. Uh, hey, we'll have the tech technical guys talk about that. If anybody wants to you know, email me and talk about the hashing the hashes to smaller hashes, let me know. So what is the goal for Mina? You guys relaunched Coda to Mina. I, a lot of people are doing this, this these days. A lot of people are coming into this cycle of cryptocurrency and there's a lot of new projects, a lot of new DeFi projects, a lot of new innovations. People are updating their wallets, updating their tech because I think everybody's expecting a bull. What are you guys relaunching for and what's your expectations out of this? Some history is necessary here. Um, we love the code of name, um, but unfortunately in 2019, um, we were sued by R3 over that name. We had a lot of options at hand. Um, one obviously was to kind of fight it, but we knew at our core, we wanted to keep focusing on building our technology. So we decided to walk away from the name. What we're doing in our mission and our vision, it hasn't changed. The technology hasn't changed. I think what we have is a more clarified vision of what we are and who we are. And like you said, you know, crypto is a very competitive space. There's a lot of really strong projects. So I think the more that we can communicate exactly who we are and what we stand for, the more we'll attract community members who are like-minded. You mentioned something in there that uh, caught everybody's ear, I assume, that you had an, a lawsuit by R3. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so it was publicly filed. Anyone can um, go look it up. It was covered in the block. Um, Vitalik tweeted about it. Balaji tweeted about it. So, you know, unfortunately, we're not able to talk about the settlement that we reached. Um, but the result of that is we did agree to give up the code name. Um, and so, you know, for a small project, <clears throat> we're, we're 30 employees. You know, it's, it's scary to get um, sued by a very well-funded and, and larger team. But in the end, honestly, Matthew, like we've got better things to do. And so we decided let's, let's move on. Like what's next, right? And Mina is what's next for us. So again, I want, I want to go back to what you guys are planning to do in the future. Like, how do you think people are going to use Mina? I mean, what is your end goal? I haven't heard that yet. I haven't heard you say that I want people to do X with Mina and this is how I see them using it in the future. 
Yeah, sure. So right now we're in, we're still in our testnet phase and we're building towards mainnet. I think when that happens, you know, we're going to have a lot of tooling and an SDK for developers. Then it'll be really exciting to see what type of use cases really get traction with the community and with the developer community. Um, so in terms of use cases, like I mentioned, we're in testnet right now and we're quickly approaching mainnet. When mainnet arrives, we'll have great tooling um, as well, you know, an SDK for developers to build on and we're really interested to see what use cases, you know, get traction there. But um, some things that we're thinking that Mina will be really good for, there's an opportunity here and we're planning a demo around um, like a proof of credit score demo. And so we think, you know, today DeFi is really in our eyes, um, kind of a toy for like rich crypto insiders. And maybe you could say like Ponzi-esque schemes, right? Like I know there's a lot of excitement around these things, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, we question if the use cases that exist now are anything but speculative, but there's definitely a ton of potential. Um, and so I think there's the potential to kind of bring these financial services to the masses and bring value to real people. When are we going to get to kind of that like iPhone moment for blockchain, right? Where like the use cases just explode and we actually have technology that's usable by the masses. Claire, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and explaining Mina in this exciting news. I wish you the best of luck and I hope that you come back on to tell me about all those cool things being developed on Mina. Thank you so much, Matthew. I really enjoyed talking to you. And in other news, now you can use cryptocurrency to buy the equity in Tesla, Apple, and Google. And it's called Messi.io, M-E-S-E.io. It's like Robinhood, but crypto. And it's a new micro equity crypto platform. And it does exactly what I just said. You can use your crypto to buy equity in these companies. On a side note, if my memory serves me correctly, somebody did this before and they try to skirt like the security laws and the guy shut down for it. I really don't know how this works. So if anybody knows, please let me know because I want people to be safe. I want to reach out to the company, but with only 135 followers, they closed their DMs, which is kind of weird. Um, but anyway, be safe because this is pretty cool if it works properly. There's a new Bitcoin game on the scene that's getting people involved in Bitcoin. Here to talk about it is one of the show's favorite writers, Scott Cipollina. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, great, bro. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, man, here's a quirky one today. There's a Bitcoin awareness game. Can you tell us about this? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this is pretty interesting. It's basically a, essentially a global initiative to try and raise awareness of Bitcoin around the world. Basically, what it, the long and short of this story is that people spread street art which is essentially like stickers um that either say small little tidbits of information about bitcoin or just show like the bitcoin logo things that are just designed as i said to spread awareness of of the cryptocurrency around the world and they're they're put sometimes in like landmark places like waterloo station in london but sometimes they're just um you know on a street sign on a lamppost and so is this actually a game i mean is what gets awarded from this like you get points is there winners is there losers yeah, so I wouldn't say there's winners and losers. Um, Bitcoin's definitely a winner, I guess, but um, people don't compete necessarily in this game. What what you do get is you can be rewarded in satoshis um, if you send your, your like a picture of the street art that you've distributed and you send it to the Twitter account that's on the handle BTC Street Art. You can get rewarded in satoshis, and it's basically just you know it's it's an initiative, I suppose, to push people forward to try and spread the awareness of 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 the currency itself and. Uh, yeah, I think 
it's really interesting. I think it's a it's an innovative way of trying to push crypto onto the mainstream. Oh, that's cool, man. So I would assume that everybody's just pretty stoked on this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 quite a lot of traction getting getting made from this. Um, there's people that people that have been rewarded in Satoshi's already um, have come from literally all over the world, like ranging from New Zealand to the United States, Russia, France, Germany, all over the world. It, it's a, it's a pretty international phenomenon that we're looking at. But there's also some public pushback as well. Some people aren't necessarily too keen to see Bitcoin street art um, in their communities. And I think that some of that, which is something I discussed in the article, might be down to like cultural preferences as to like what street art can mean or what graffiti looks like and whether or not that's, that's accepted in, in society. But, you know, as as is the case with crypto generally, trying to mainstream the the industry does get a lot of widespread support. But then there are a lot of people that, that have a negative view of Bitcoin, generally speaking, and those people aren't necessarily going to be predisposed to accepting street art about Bitcoin either. How can we play the game within our communities? I saw in your article then, you know, people in Russia, you know, some places in the US, New Zealand, but I have never seen anything here in Cleveland. Is there anything I can do? Yeah, so basically you can you can buy or print the uh, the group stickers, the group that's organizing the Bitcoin awareness game. You can buy and print some of their stickers. And then, like I said, you take a picture of what you do with them and you send them over to the BTC Street Art um, Twitter account. And that's basically the way that you participate in the game. And then, you can, as I said, you can get rewarded in, in Satoshis, the, the smallest unit of Bitcoin. And you can join you know, a long list of contributors that are from all around the world. So you may not have seen them yet in Cleveland, but they could very well be on their way. They are sort of spreading globally at this point. Right on, Scott. Thank you very much for telling us about this. No worries, Matt. Speak to you soon. And hackers back in the news again. It's like, why do we just get hackers? We get hackers and no moons. Hackers target a smart contract vulnerability in an upcoming project by Yearn founder Andre Crone. They managed to steal over $15 million, but they returned $8 million to a wallet owned by Crone. The test in prod approach proved to be costly, as the Yearn founder alleged to receive threats after the hack. And finally, the total value locked by users in Uniswap has passed get this, $2 billion. Uniswap has already processed $13.8 billion in trading volume in September alone, and the Uni Governance token launch brought TVL back to the Uniswap after a brief detour through SushiSwap. So, $2 billion locked away in Uniswap? DeFi is just getting started, y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Please remember, go over to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. It helps us stay visible, and it helps people find this show. And remember, feel free. Email me, Aaron at decrypt.co, anytime you want. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.